0: Hey, this is Daniel Decker, and you are listening to another edition of the Awaken 2008 podcast. Our next interview up today is with Bill Dallas, the president of CCN, Church Communication Network, and Dr. Henry Cloud. As you'll hear during Bill's introduction, Dr. Cloud is a bestselling author of multiple books, which have sold over 5 million copies combined. And in today's interview, he's going to touch on various insights of leadership that he's learned over the course of his career, one in particular having to do with how we as leaders interact with the balance between life and work. Dr. Cloud also has shared a quote during this interview that I pulled out and I hope that you'll find special interest to. He says, a leader does not do everything. A leader makes sure that everything gets done. So take a listen. We hope you enjoy it and we hope to see you at Awaken April 1st through the 3rd in Pasadena, California. You can jump on Awaken2008.com. That's Awaken2008.com to find out more information and details.
1: Well, joining us today is Dr. Henry Cloud. Henry is a clinical psychologist, and what's exciting about Henry is he just doesn't write books, but what he also does is he works with leaders and organizations and corporations from family health firms to Fortune 25 companies and nonprofit organizations, as well as with church leaders. His books have, written, have sold over 5 million copies. They include Boundaries, How People grow, and integrity. Henry, thanks so much for being on the call today with us.
2: Oh, Bill, it's always good to be with you.
1: And you know, you do a lot of things with uh, CCN, and we get a chance to spend a lot of time together, but for some of our listeners, they might not um, know some of the new projects that you're working on, so I was wondering if you could share with, with us some of those things.
2: Well, um, a couple of them, Bill, I, I think I would mention it sort of sort of parallels my my multiple personality life here. Um, You know, I've kind of got two tracks that that I always work on, kind of the popular spiritual and clinical topics. And my newest newest project there was, if anybody's ever heard of the book The Secret, well, the publisher of The Secret, Simon & Schuster, contacted me and asked me to write a, a Christian alternative to The Secret. And I did that. It's called The Secret Things of God. And it's really oriented to um to christians really to give to seekers um you know it's about how how god's principles really are the secrets to making four big areas of life work your happiness your relationship your success and your spiritual life and so that's a project i've had a lot of fun with um over the recent months and then on the the leadership side of the track um, we're, which is where I spend most of my time these days in CEO coaching and, and leadership coaching, um, I have a new book coming out later on in the year called The One Life Solution. And what it's really aimed at is, I think, the, the for lack of a better word, the fragmentation of life that a lot of leaders experience um, in getting life and work all to work together you know it used to be that you would go to work or you would be at work and work had a time like 8 to 5 and it had a space like at the office and that's where you would work and gradually with technology over you know the last really couple of decades first came the pager and they could find you when you were gone and then came the cell phone you could actually respond back and then came email and they could shoot you work at night, and you could do it at night and on the weekends and when you're on the road, and now it's all the way to you carry it on your waist and your your PDA. And with the breakdown of those spatial boundaries and the time boundaries that no longer exist and, you know, work and life have really merged, what's happened is a lot of leaders, um, a lot of them, and even high-capacity ones, find themselves more and more fragmented. And what gets lost in there is a couple of really important things. Their own core mission of who they're about and what they're about tends to get more and more and more kind of out of their hands as everybody has access to them. And it's very difficult to to quantitatively and qualitatively stay on track and on mission and on focus. But then the other side of it is that they find that their personal well-being and their personal lives and their family and marriage and all of that slowly gets eroded away as well. It's like one big soup, you know, because the structures aren't there. So what this book does is it really gets to the essence of when we don't have external structures like time and space that are built into our work, which are gone forever now. We'll never have those again. Then all that's left is our character structures, how we're glued together to be able to make all that work. And the problem is that we all have what I call in the book power drains. And these are, you know, everybody's got one or two of these. There, there, there's a certain kind of person or a certain kind of situation, maybe a, a, a board member or an elder or a direct report or a co-worker or a boss that, has the ability to get under your skin and kind of get you off track, and you start to lose your structure, and then, you know, at that point, uh, people have lost it, and and there's just a number of ways in which uh, this topic we always have to address with leaders, and, and I find even in high-level leaders of, you know, multi-billion dollar organizations, this is getting to be the, the top of their list of what they they look for help in. Well,
1: you know, I know you'll be speaking at Awaken, which will be coming up here in early April. You've got a, a lot of great speaker and communicators. Um, they'll be speaking in different categories, experience, experimental, and expert. And you'll be speaking from the expert field, and you'll be speaking to a lot of uh, leaders, particularly a lot of young leaders, um, mostly church leaders. But, you know, one of the things, it seems to me, that for so many years, it seems the mantra has been the, the, the leader, the church leader that can do it all, that can, you know, we look back, you know, 30 years ago and the leader seemed to, of a church, could do so many things and do everything. It seems this is one life solution is saying that, that we need to have certain boundaries and we don't have a complete, if, if we're not, if we don't have those boundaries and, and, and put things in healthy compartments and let everything just run together, we'll get burnt out and it's, you're not a a champion because you do everything, you're you're a leader because you're able to separate things, it sounds like. Is that correct? Well it yeah, it's pretty close. You know, you're you're in fact
2: if you're if you're a leader, you can't do everything, or you're not leading anything, you know, bigger than a lemonade stand. By definition, a leader does not do everything. A leader is the one that makes sure everything gets done. And the highest capacity leaders the ones that lead the biggest most successful things are the ones that are the least frantic I mean I've just seen this over and over and over sometimes the smaller the organization or sometimes the more uh, problematic season an organization is in I get around those leaders and they just you know never have enough time it's just a scattered mess they're ragged they're you know on and on and on and you look at the really successful ones, Bill, you never see that. You know, it's kind of like, you know, in terms of doing everything, remember when, when you were first learning business, um, the old example of, okay, first question, who carries more keys, the janitor or the president of the United States? Yeah, great question. And, I mean, right there, it just says it all. You know, and some people feel like they're like the janitor of the world. You know, they got a key to everything, and they got to lock, unlock every door. And they're, you know, and they're just all over the place. And really, leadership is is getting getting in a position where it's not that it's scattered. It can't be because you need your creative soul and heart and mind and to
1: think. Well, you know, we're gonna look forward to seeing you and being with you in april at the awaken conference Uh, before we let you go a couple of questions Um, you know as you see with laters or maybe particularly for you what what are the things where you see they have to fail first to really learn the lesson the places
2: where we need to fail first to learn the lesson
1: or where do, we, where do where some great failures happen that ultimately push us over the edge to where we finally, that failure says, okay, I get it now. Now is the time to, to really make a change.
2: Well, that's a great question, and we could talk all day about that. There's, and I can't narrow it down to one, but can, can I say a few of them? Sure. Um, one of them that's absolutely necessary is in areas where you are doing things you've never done before. There is no such thing as as getting better or getting bigger or getting, you know, more, whatever it is you're looking for, if you don't get out of your comfort zone. And when you get out of your comfort zone, by definition, you're trying to do something you've never done before, and you're going to screw it up, and that's how we learn. But if somebody doesn't have the, the infrastructure relationally around them to metabolize that, the support, the coaching, the helping, all of that, then they tend to try that, and they flounder, and they fall on their face and it goes the wrong direction. So that's an important one. I think another one, and Bill, we don't think about this one often enough, everybody needs to really fail in making a bad hire. You know, once you make a bad hire in a significant position, you're much more careful after that because you bring on the wrong person or give the wrong person too much of a responsibility or, you know, role or or resources, and it takes a long time to find out that it's a mistake, and it takes a long time to unwind it, and you've lost a couple of years. And that's one where I really, really think, um, you know, it's a growth curve. And the third one is I think that people really probably have to come to their in- the end of themselves in some growth step way, you know, either relationally or, you know, in terms of a depression or a burnout or something like that, sometimes before they do the personal and spiritual growth they need to do because they're just they're running on their strengths and sometimes not facing some of their issues, and those issues always catch up with leaders. So it's better not in that way because that's actually a choice you can make to go, Go see somebody. Or, you know what these areas are. Go face them. Been putting it off for a while. Go talk to somebody work it out.
1: Well, Henry, uh, thanks so much for being with us sharing. I know we'll see you in Awaken in April. Before you go, we've got to ask this one question. We've been asking each of the uh, speakers um, a personal question. So my question for you. Well, I want you to sh-
2: pick the best answer you've got and attribute that to me. Okay, but well, here's, your, here's
1: your question. We know that you played uh, collegiate golf, uh, almost went on to the tour. And so we've got to ask this question. If you could have one round of golf, who would you play with? What professional uh, golfer would you play with and why? Well, it depends
2: on if I'm needing to, you know, to feel better about myself or not. If I really need to feel good about myself, I play with Bill Dallas. (laughs) There you go. That's my first (laughs) point. But if if I'm wanting to watch greatness, other than in the field of leadership, if I want to see it in golf, I would, you know, Bill, what I would do to play with Tiger.
1: Yeah, and the
2: reason is? He just is literally from a different planet.
1: Yeah. The
2: amount of talent, I mean, the whole package. And I think for for just soulish reasons and history, um, you know, I, I'd love to play with Nicholas.
1: Yeah, that that that's the one I'd probably pick.
2: Yeah, it, it'd be it'd be a hard call. But hey, I had a I had a hand injury, and and what you know, I was a long way from actually being able to pull it off on the tour. So that's Don't exaggerate too much
1: there. Well, I've seen you play, and you are a great golfer. But I've also been under your teaching, and you're a great uh, teacher and communicator. We're looking forward to having you at Awaken, Henry. Thanks so much for being with us today. And we'll see you in April. Okay, Bill. Good to be with you. Thanks. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.